I think of myself as a premature believer. I've done a lot of studying. I've done a lot of writing. You, you know, I've been doing this ministry for five years and writing Bible studies. So I hope that I knew some stuff before I came along to this. When I came to this concept of the covenants being an anchor, a thread through the entire Old Testament, I got so excited about it because it was something new for me. And so I think that even if you're a mature believer, if you've never looked at the Old Testament through the lens of the covenants, it can add something fresh. If you're a new believer, it may help you have a better roadmap into how this all fits together. Hello there, and thanks for joining us today on Study with Friends. We've currently been studying through the Old Testament, broken up into multiple series to examine the covenantal themes of land, descendants, and special relationship. Our last series started us off in the first two books of the former prophets, and this current series will pick up in 1 Samuel. If you've missed any part of the first series or would like to get the homework for this series, head to our website, studywithfriends.org, and search for Old Testament. There you'll also find all of the previous series so you can catch up or re-listen at your own leisure. We have so many ways for you to catch our program, our faithful radio partners, streaming apps like iTunes or Spotify, and now you can catch the ladies on YouTube. Now, let's begin our time in prayer. Thank you, God, for the time we get to spend in your word, the time we get to spend in fellowship with each other. I love this time, and I am so grateful and thankful for the ability that I have to do it and the ability that these ladies have, um, each of these groups that come around the table. I'm just so in love with them, and I thank you for giving them to me and to this ministry and to this time. So I ask that you would bless our time together, order our words and our steps through the texts. I ask that you would give us a fresh understanding of the things that you want us to see and learn about you and about ourselves and about each other. And we ask it all for your glory in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so picking up at Samuel. Oh, first I want to do introductions. So I'm looking at you. You're going to go first. How about, how about that? I'll do me and then you do you. So I'm Holly, always here, always here. And uh, I am married for over 20 years. I have two. Um, okay, today's my oldest daughter's birthday, so that's why it stopped me. I have one 20-year-old. I almost said two teenagers, but I can't say that anymore. I have a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old, and I attend a Presbyterian church. My name is Nicole, and I am married for 25 years as well. Um, I attend an E-Free church. What does E-Free stand for? Evangelical Free. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I should have said I was, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. No. Um, uh, yeah, I have three children, two girls and a boy. Thank you. My name is Isabella. Um, I just graduated college and I grew up in a non-denominational church, kind of tried out Presbyterian, like a little bit of other denominations, but I think I'm kind of just going to chill as a non-denominational churchgoer, unless I change my mind later. But. <laughs> Fair enough. Hi, I'm Kathy. I also go non-denominational now. Um, I have been married for 20 years, and I have three kids, 17, 15, and 12, a girl and two boys. A little bit of everything. That is good. 
Okay, so the last uh, time we were together, we got to uh, up to the book of Samuel. So just by way of a global introduction, we are in the point of this ambitious, I keep calling it an ambitious series because it is really ambitious to take this global look at uh, the Old Testament. And the way that we're trying to do that is by um, focusing on the covenants and the elements of the covenant, each covenant, which are land, descendants, or sometimes that's called seed, and a special relationship with God. So we see that very clearly in all of the covenants that God instilled throughout the Old Testament. Uh, But what we did when we did our work in the Pentateuch, we saw that actually that theme existed from the very beginning by its nature. The creation story is a story about land, descendants, and a special relationship with God. If you want to get all that backstory, go to the website and catch up. But I think that the conversation today will be not necessarily uh, strange for you if you haven't done all that work. We'll try to We'll try to keep you on track if you're listening or watching and you haven't done that work yet. There's always more to do on the website. We have lots and lots of homework. Um, Kudos to these women who really just slogged through it. (laughs) When I emailed it out, I said, don't lose your marbles. It's more space than, uh, but that was really not true. It was a lot of space, but it was also a lot of pages. So thank you for doing all the homework. And, And for people who like to dive in deeper, uh, you can find the homework at studywithfriends.org. And I'm not sure what, what to search in the search box, but I feel like Old Testament might get you there or prophets might get you there. Um, so today we're focusing on the second in three units we've broken the Old Testament up to. Um, now we're not covering everything in the Old Testament. We're not dealing with the writings, not dealing with Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Esther, uh, Ruth. Uh, we're not dealing with stories. We're not dealing with, um, with that section of the Old Testament. What we are dealing with is the Pentateuch, the former prophets, which is Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings. That's where we are today. We're going to pick up at Samuel. And then uh, next time we'll lead into the latter prophets, which... I was having a hard time wrapping my brain around because you guys got four or five books, but the latter prophets is like 15 books. So <laughs> we're trying to trying to really take an overview there. But but the point is not that we would do an in-depth study of each of these books, but rather that we're doing sort of this zoomed out, big picture, taking it all in. I think a little bit, um, some, sometimes I've said, um, like if you were looking at a tapestry, if you ever looked at one of those um, uh, tapestries they used to have in castles and they're just like gigantic, um, if you were right up against it, you could see the threads really clearly. And there's a time for that where we really, really dive in and look at, at atomistically, like at the atom of the the word in the scripture, one word at a time. But right now what we're doing is we're trying to take in the whole thing. Or if you've ever been to a museum and you just maybe take a step back from a piece of art because you want to really take it in, that's what we're trying to do. And and by doing that, you're not going to see each brushstroke on the page, but we hope that you're going to see um, what the artist really intended with the entire work. Does that make sense? Before we dive in, can I ask a question? Please. Um, yeah. So it's just <laughs> as you were speaking, I was thinking about it and kind of what we were a, a little unfair advantage of what we were talking about before is where we came to this study in our walk. And so I had confessed that I came 
uh, to this study really intentionally this year, looking for a deeper dive into the word. And so this really fit into my wheelhouse. And so I'm just wondering, who do you think the study is best for? Who does it work the most for? Can it be both new believers, unbelievers, longtime believers? Where do we go with that? As That's far a as great question. Thanks for asking it. And I, I'd like to hear what you think too. But what I was hoping we accomplished with this was, e so let me back up. I think of myself as a premature believer. I've done a lot of studying. I've done a lot of writing. You, you know, I've been doing this ministry for five years and writing Bible studies. So I hope that I knew some stuff before I came along to this. But when I came to this in my studies, um, when I came to this concept of the covenants being an anchor, a thread through the entire Old Testament, I got so excited about it because it was something new for me. And so I think that even if you're a mature believer, if you've never looked at the Old Testament through the lens of the covenants, it can add something fresh. If you're a new believer, it may help you have a better roadmap into how this all fits together. Because I confess that when I read the Old Testament as a new believer and even as a mature believer, I would read it in a siloed way. And one of the books that I really struggled with was Judges. I just did not understand why the people that God loved and blessed were acting so against what I thought our God stood for. And I just couldn't figure out how Judges fit. And there were other things, even in the book of Samuel, that I couldn't figure out how it fit. I'll tell you what one of those is. And we actually did another whole study, a deeper study on Samuel. So you can um, look on our website for that. But one of the things that I never understood about Samuel was the witch of Endor. Do you guys know about that? It, it, it threw me off the whole witch of Endor in the book of Samuel. I was like, what is happening here? And so, so for me, that causes me to dig in deeper. I, I always feel like if the God that I serve is everything that he says that he is, and I believe that he is, if something trips me up and I don't understand it, then I dig in deeper. But what I'm hoping that we do with this series is give you a roadmap no matter where you are. That if you're really mature and really familiar with the Old Testament, it gives you a way to go back and look at it in a new way. If you're not familiar at all, it gives you a place where you can see your way through it in, in places that might become kind of challenging or maybe even hard to understand. And, and I will say one more thing. I think as in um, New Testament believers, we often neglect the Old Testament. So I think, again, no matter where you are in the trajectory, we spend as a church, I think, a lot of time in the New Testament. And even those of our churches that say, okay, like before the sermon, have an Old Testament reading and a New Testament reading, at the end of the day, most of the time, the sermon's about the New Testament um, perspective, which it should be. We live in a New Testament time. We should have a New Testament perspective on everything. Um, and actually, we're going to talk about that today. But for me, the Old Testament is where you get to know the character of God um, and you get to know who he is and what he desires for his people. <clears throat> Excuse me. So for me, this is, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being pie in the sky, but I kind of think it's for everybody. Do you feel, I mean, I know I used some big words, which we talked about before we mic'd up. Uh, so I'm going to go back and maybe not use those big words in the final draft. Um, but did you feel like it would be easy or, or able to be apprehended by a newer believer? Or do you feel like it's not? Tell me the truth. What do you think? 
You asked the question. I did. So I, I definitely think that the concepts really, um, so I, 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 I apologize if I go off topic a little bit, but I'm a fitness instructor. So I always say, um, I teach to the most basic in the room and then I try and sort of elevate certain things. Right. And so that's what I love about this is that the concepts are really basic level concepts land relationship descendants or relationship with God, excuse me, descendants. So I think those are easily understandable, easily relatable into our real life. And yet at the same time, then we start to elevate it. How does it make sense in the book? So to me, it does give us the ability to bring it to a new believer. Um, maybe the homework might be a little bit struggling for, yeah. you know, for a new believer, but I do think that the concepts would be very helpful for reading the old Testament where we get lost in the soup a lot of times because Deuteronomy might sound a lot like, you know, um, uh, numbers, which sounds a lot like, you know, Leviticus, which so we find these repeating things all the time. And now we can look at some of those, at least in my mind, we can look at some of those repeating things and go, oh, now I can see why those things are in there. It makes sense to me more that they're in there. So I do agree that it is, it can be universal for everybody. I'm so glad you feel that way because I don't want to, I don't want to throw it over anybody's head. Yeah. I will, I'm glad that you said something about the homework. I think that the homework um, in this section, which is the former prophets, is a little bit more than what we did in the Pentateuch. And so if you're having trouble as you listen to this or watch it, if you're having trouble um, grabbing this as an anchor, I think it would be actually helpful to go back into the first section where we did the Pen work in the Pentateuch because we did a lot of work in that section about making it personal and where we talked about um, uh, these three elements of each covenant land descendants and a special relationship with God. And we talked about if, if, uh, if land feels too far away from you, then think of it like home and a place where you belong. And that makes it maybe a little bit more relatable, maybe a little bit more reachable than this, for foreign or far away concept of the promised land, like the Israel's promised land, which feels kind of far away from us. And then when we talked about descendants, we talked about maybe instead of that, use the word family. And if that is helpful for you to make it both more personal and just more relatable, I think that that's one of the reasons we stay away from the Old Testament because it feels so distant to us. And so we did a lot of foundational work in the first, I guess, unit of this series uh, in the Pentateuch. And so if you're feeling like I just need a little bit better of, of a grasp on the anchor, uh, go back and do that. And then, of course, we did um, some work in when we talked about special relationship with God and how we right now um, achieve that through what Christ did on the cross. And we can see in retrospect uh, how God had intended a special relationship with his people from the moment he created them. Uh, but just being able to um, grasp that in a more personal, more kind of personal application way, if you have trouble. Um, but I think that's kind of also part of the point of doing it together with a group where we kind of chew on things and make sure that we understand them before we move on. So don't let me run away with, don't let the train run away. Uh, if there's something that you feel like, wait, we need to spend a little bit more time on that, slow me down. Sound good? Okay. Any other introductory shenanigans? Okay. <laughs> All my shenanigans. Okay. Thanks. That was a good question. And I'm glad you asked it. And I hope, I do hope that, um, that we're not sh throwing this over anybody's head because 
we want to be and we want to be accessible to everyone and also the the word of god is accessible to everyone and i would never want to make it seem like uh, you have to be a scholar to open the bible you don't god's word is living and active and he will meet you where you are so the other thing is pray about it if you don't get it pray about it god says in jeremiah 33 3 call to me and i will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know i count on that verse a lot so i'm like i do not know this i do not understand okay so we're moving out of judges into samuel and bella i'm going to ask you to read uh judges verse uh chapter 21 verse 25 if you could pull that up um because that's going to help us um move from Judges into Samuel. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm really happy to leave the book of Judges. I don't love that book. Um, it's just hard to read. Uh, and uh, the perfect the perfect lead-in um, is the verse that Bella's going to read. And it, um, it reiterates something that I've been teaching all throughout the Former Prophets, which is what I call seams. There are really tight seams between the books and the Former Prophets. And there are lots of theories, of course, there are lots of theories when these books were written. Uh, I do more with that in the homework. So if you're interested in all that nerdy stuff, go look at the homework. But the bottom line is that there's no question when you read them together as a unit that they fit together well. So if you read these books in the form of prophets, you see that they really tightly lead into each other. Unlike a lot of other books uh, in the Bible where there's time in between or some disconnect in between, or in some cases it's a little frustrating because our Bibles aren't um, organized in chronological order. So you're like, when did this occur? And uh, that's just not true in this unit of the former prophets. You can see exactly how the biblical narrative uh, moves from one book to the next. And I, I like that. It seems it feels organized to me and it's easier to follow. Uh, so I want to make sure that I lift that out as we do this together. So Bella, would you read Judges uh, chapter 21, verse 25? In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So when we were talking, thank you. So when we were talking about the book of Judges, we really focused on everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And um, do you have any reflections on everyone did what was right in his own eyes? What does that mean to you, or what does that evoke? Feels like now. <laughs> yeah, that's what someone said last. last Only I feel too. like now people tell you what is the right thing to do in your eyes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but there is. It is hard to get down to one, what is the right thing? So everyone has something that's right, right. in their eyes, and they're very. Uh, some people are right very assertive. You, yeah, for you. yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what's right for me. Right, right. So you're you're not wrong. There's um, echoes of that now. Um, any other reflections of what what the state of affairs was in the nation of Israel as a uh, as is pinpointed in that verse? So I'd like to say um, the. The first, probably many times I read that verse, I thought, no big deal. They're doing what's right in their own eyes. That's pretty good, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because I think that I was always doing what was right in my own eyes. So it only made sense that I thought that was fair. And I, I joke about myself that I'm like an anti-law rule person. I'm not really a huge fan of rules. <laughs> so I'm like, I think you should do it because you want to do it. So you should be with desire to do it. Uh, so that thing, it just never rung to me that, it, that that was a bad thing. And then when Kings came, obviously, it sort of went downhill from there. And I always kind of thought, oh, that was a good thing. So anyway, to understand it from this godly perspective, that they were doing what was right in their own eyes. And we are by nature broken people. Mm 
and what we need to be doing is what is right in God's eyes. And sometimes that doesn't even look right in our eyes. And so it's just a very hard perspective, I think, for me to work my head around. Because like you said, there's some things that I look at and I go, you know, it, it makes me cringe a little bit and I have to dig into it and try and make sense of it. So, um, so for me, that verse just always was very interesting until it was read over and over and over again. And then I thought, oh, that's not a good thing. Well, and I think the first piece of it sheds light on the second piece of it. So can you read the first piece of that verse again? Oh, I was just going to cut in to say that. Um, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. I was going to say it was that way because, it, well, it's like an unfortunate summary of the 21 chapters that come before it. And it's kind of just saying, well, okay, you just read that whole book, like, which was all about the fact that kings, ju judges, rulers were, they cycled through them. I don't even remember how many there were. There was like... Eight? I, mean, a lot I more. want to say, oh, no, I don't know the answer to that. Oh, I completely forget. But there I'll was a bunch. Put it on the website. There's a bunch. There's more I want to say eight. Okay. There's more than I feel like should be. Well, I have no idea how much time went over it. I forget. I haven't been in judges in a while, except for last week. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like just a one sentence summary of 21 whole chapters, like in depth chapters of this is this way because nobody could follow the rule of the kings, but even the kings themselves couldn't really follow the rule of God. Mm -hmm. Like they couldn't. Well, judges. Well, yeah, judges, they're using the word kings. Rulers, judges, whatever. God commanded them one thing. They couldn't follow that. And then the people f even further couldn't follow them. Mm -hmm. And so they just did that vicious cycle of like sin, be punished, repent, prosper, sin, pun you know. All that, and then this is just that one sentence of the end. Like, mm -hmm. it was nuts, wild, all over the place because there was like no, yeah, there was no. So there was no. What I'm gonna I'm gonna pinpoint it and say that that what it leads into is a. It's really foreshadowing the monarchy, of course. But then what we see play out in the books of kings is that David and Solomon started off pretty well. Saul was okay. He had good days. <laughs> they all had good days and bad days. But then after David and Solomon, it really went downhill. And the, the majority of the book of Kings talks about how much of a mess the monarchy was. And I'm just going to spoiler alert. This is because Israel was really wrong to ask for a human king that but what it's saying at the end of judges is in that in those days there was no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes and what we'll see through the rest of the Old Testament even though I don't really deal with Nehemiah Nehemiah is a great book to look at for this because what we're doing is we're seeing as leadership goes so Israel goes always so thankful for how timeless and timely God's Word is. Thanks again for joining us on this multi-series journey studying God's covenantal promises throughout the Old Testament. We are a weekly Bible study just like you'll find at your local church. If you aren't in a study like this one, we encourage you to join one. Make sure that the church is teaching from the Bible in every situation. In Matthew 10, Jesus sent out his disciples to preach the gospel, instructing them, freely you have received, freely give. 
We take that command serious here at Study With Friends. So we have created tons of resources on our website that are all free for you to use. They're at studywithfriends.org. Much like the disciples who relied on the generosity of a host, we are 100% donor supported. If you have been particularly blessed by our ministry, would you consider making a donation? Monthly partners are especially helpful to us and no amount is too small. If you are willing to give it, we would be grateful and blessed to have it. You can donate on our website one time or become a monthly partner. That's at studywithfriends.org forward slash donate. We would love to connect with you and hear how your walk is going. We also love to get prayer requests from you. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or if you prefer, you can email us at info at studywithfriends.org. Remember, you can stream us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Plus, you can now see our studies on YouTube. No matter which way you choose, we hope that you will connect with us. For now, we hope you'll join us next time when we study with friends. Study with friends.